Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Life as Leadership podcast. Are you looking for motivation and encouragement on your path to becoming a better leader? If so, you've come to the right place. Keep listening to find a community of leaders committed to learning and taking action to improve their world. The Life as Leadership podcast, where leaders gather to grow together. Here's your host, Josh Friedemann. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are going to be discussing Monday's interview with J.J. Sutherland, talking about the scrum process for getting things done. Joining me in the studio to discuss this interview are my friends and fellow leaders, Maria Hardiman and Jake Sullivan. So, let me go ahead and preface this by saying that our discussion today is by three people who are not well-versed in the Scrum <laughs> framework. So take everything we say with a grain of salt. We're working off of the interview and some of the things that I've read over the last few days since the interview. It's a really interesting framework, and I had not known anything about it. But I want to turn it over to you two. What did you all think about the interview with JJ? I thought it was awesome. He is really good at what he does. And even the examples that he talked about during his whole interview were really inspirational. And I'm, I'm curious to see how this could work in my personal workspace. Yeah. I'm a big fan of process and he seems to be dedicated, devoted to this. And like, really he, you could tell he knew what he was talking about, even though I don't know much about it yet, (laughs) but I'm excited to, to talk through it and to hopefully get this book pretty soon and learn more about it. Yeah, I will say, listeners, you can enter to win a free copy of this book. All you need to do as a reminder for Monday is send an email to community at lifeasleadership.com and put in the subject line, free book giveaway, and give me one to two sentences on what you liked about the interview with JJ. And I guess I'll extend that today to say, and maybe what you liked about the discussion today if you're listening to that instead. So we're planning on doing this free book giveaway. We may be announcing the winner on this upcoming Monday's interview, but we might wait for another week. I'm not exactly sure yet. So we'll wait and see, but jump on the opportunity as fast as you can. So Jake, the thing is you are the manager at a subway and I'm imagining that this process could probably work well in your context, right? I'm certain that this could work really well at my store. And I've been looking at it since I heard the interview, trying to figure out where to plug it in. I'm intrigued by the fact that the teams are self-managing and self-organized and where do I fit in? Am I a scrum master or am I a team member who's leading from within? Um, But I'm excited to learn the system and see how I can make it work. Yeah. So let's talk about that for just a second. Uh, There are three roles in the scrum framework and the scrum process. First of all, you have the product owner, then you have the scrum master, and then you have the team member or the team members. And the product owner is the one who is, I think JJ even talked about the product owner as like the boss. And it's the person who prioritizes things about the product and prioritizes the plan. The scrum master is the one who is like the coach or the person who makes sure that there is no friction in the system. And then the team members are the people who 
are working to accomplish the product. They are, as JJ said, self-managing and self-organizing, and they're the people to figure out how to make the product owner's product happen. So first of all, in that framework, I'm guessing that in some ways you would be the product owner in some way because you are the one who's in charge as the manager. But in, in another way, I would say that you're also kind of the scrum master, right? Yeah, I think I hit all three of those categories <laughs> pretty heavily. In so the what, job what happens when you're a, a one-man system, right? Yeah, that, there's, hopefully that doesn't interfere with any of my feedback loops. There you go. <laughs> it's all a matter of how well you can communicate with yourself. <laughs> so given, given a situation where you don't necessarily have a position that you have to fit into, because as a manager, you're going to be managing. You can be filling in wherever else you're needed as well. But if you're just thinking about a general framework, where would you naturally set yourself in that three-role setup? I think that if I'm speaking for myself, I would probably be more of a scrum master because I enjoy uh being motivational, I enjoy inspiring, I enjoy maybe hosting an idea and helping people understand where we're going with this thing and delegating responsibilities. And I also enjoy um, learning from leadership, hey, where do you want this to go? Let's talk about this. How can I be kind of your right-hand man to get what you want done or what you want communicated? So I think that's an enjoyable place for me to be. Um, it helps me grow in my leadership, and it also helps me gain trust on both ends with higher leadership and then maybe with those who are going to execute the plan. I'm not great at executing. I think I'm a lot better at inspiring people who can execute something. Sure. So that, that makes me feel like maybe I could be a better scrum master than than anything else. Yeah, and one thing I'll say is, if I'm being honest about this system, I'm not entirely sure at this point the role of the product owner and the scrum master as the team members are at work. Right. I'm assuming they are part of the, the feedback system, but when the team members are at work, I'm wondering, uh, is the product owner kind of out of the process until it's time to take a look at the product again. I'm not entirely sure about that. That's what I would imagine. But Jake, where would you see yourself in this framework? I consider myself a team member most of the time. I like to get my hands dirty. Uh, I dig the process aspect of things. I want to be on the ground doing the, the actual work. Um, sometimes I find myself in the other roles, but when I do, I always want to jump into the team member aspects. Yeah, it's, it's enjoyable being involved in the process, right? Yeah, I, I like the idea of the Scrum Master. That's the one that kind of catches my attention first. And I don't know if it's just because of the name, <laughs> but I like the idea of being the person that can kind of make sure that things are going smoothly and can help people along the way. I would be interested to see what the product owner position would be like. And I've, I've talked about it just a second ago, but just what that looks like in the Scrum system. It would be interesting for me to see what that role looks like uh, in action in this framework. Right. One curiosity I had was um, he didn't mention the importance of conflict resolution in the midst of doing this whole system and getting everything done. And I wonder if the scrum master has some of that responsibility. Hey, come in, come out, kind of deal with conflict and, and resolve some issues and make sure things are getting done. Yeah, that, that seems like it'd be right in the wheelhouse of who the scrum master is supposed to be in the system, especially if you're getting daily feedback sort of tight feedback loops on, on that regular of a basis, you can make it more efficient by conflict resolution pretty quickly. 
Right. It's it seems like the title Scrum Master sounds like oh, someone who walks around <laughs> telling a lot of people what to do, but in reality it's it's probably a very versatile role. You you have to be able to deal with a whole lot of people on on different scales and and make it work. Yeah. So are you familiar with the term scrum? What that is? Are we talking about like rugby? Yeah, rugby. Then yes. Then okay. no. <laughs> <laughs> Were you going to say yes otherwise? No. <laughs> I was like, uh, like what JJ said? <laughs> yeah. It's that thing in the scrum system. Right. Where, yeah. The one that has a book or something. <laughs> <laughs> so Jake, would you be able to inform us on what a scrum is? Describe it. So in rugby, when they have like a dead ball. I might be saying this all wrong. Sorry if there's any Other really, really hardcore rugby wrong. fans. I'm going to apologize any, right any now. Any European listeners yeah. or people from New Zealand, but please they forgive us. essentially get all the both teams together and they stack against each other and then they do the opposite of a tug of war. They like push until the guy in the back can pick the ball oh, up. Oh, okay. And yeah. so it's two, like two competing teams sort of pushing each other. Yeah, and in this case, it's not really competing teams. It's a team working together, but it's the idea of kind of huddling together making sure you're all in the same place and getting things done. Now, I will say, kind of going to the conflict resolution part, Mm -hmm. I had a friend in college who grew up playing rugby in Kenya, and he kind of brought the game to our circle of friends, and we play a few times, and my goodness, it is tiring. It's just nonstop because there's not a dead ball nearly as much as you would expect. Like if you're used to watching football and, you know, every – Every 30 seconds, there's a dead ball. It's a whole lot different in hmm. rugby. But he he talked about taping his ears back so that like they wouldn't get ripped off in the scrum. What? So it can be a, it can be a place where things are pretty serious at wow. times. And I think that there's just going to be something like that in any system. But I do think that the benefit of scrum is that you have those frequent feedback loops like you're talking about, Jake. Where you can figure out, is something going wrong? Is there miscommunication? Where can we get things back on the right track? And you're doing that a whole lot faster than when you're meeting on a weekly basis or every other week. It's a daily thing to make sure that you're all on the same page. Yeah, I was really into the idea of the feedback loops and the scrum master as a position. And it got me thinking of where I see this in my everyday life. And how it's emphasized in the system in a way that really can utilize these uh, these ideas in in a more efficient way, but they seem to kind of naturally occur as well. Like I can think of people in my life who come in to give me advice and cut out the inefficient parts, and times when I do that for other people too. So I think it's a neat system. Are there any examples without getting too specific that you can think of to? help bring some clarity to that. Yeah. I can see what you're saying, but that's a fairly abstract right. scenario as well. So what do we mean? People who come in and say, hey, I've observed this and this is a way that you can tweak what you're doing, yeah. basically? So like a lot of times with, with Subway, uh, my father owned one before I did and I've bought this one and he will come in and see me doing things and just, just complete... 180 the stuff that I'm doing and say if you do it this way it works much better like he's run through the processes already he knows where the inefficiencies are and that helps and on the opposite end he's old I'm not young he's a little bit older than I am being my dad uh when the new tech comes in we have new things that we use to to sort of cut out inefficiencies in the systems that way I tend to be the one that 
proofs him and shows him how to work things a little more efficiently. Yeah. Hmm. So another thing that was interesting that JJ brought up was the issue of priorities, or should I say priority? Mm-hmm. He was saying that really you can't have more than one priority on the basis of the definition of the word priority. So he's he was talking about the importance of having one thing that you're focusing on. I can see how that works in the Scrum framework. You really have one thing you focus on for a short amount of time. My question to you is broadening it out and just thinking about our lives. How important is it to make sure that you have a single priority in the things that you're doing in order to make sure that that thing gets done? Well, I'll say for me, I've had a multitude of counselors pretty much my whole life. And so where I fall short in in looking objectively at where I need to be, what goals I need to set, what I need to execute, they have been pretty faithful at jumping in at the right times and saying, hey, this is a good thing to be focused on. This is a good thing to execute. So I'll say generally for me, I have a lot of help in that area. It's not very easy for me to say this is point A and this is point Z and this is where I need to go and this is what I need to do. So for me, um, I will say to even reach what you're saying, I need someone to kind of highlight it for me in my life. Yep. So I tend to struggle with finding the priorities to the point where like I will sit down to make a list so that I know once I get past top priority, what is priority two? And that was something that I didn't really hear him address. I guess if you have the feedback loops, then the priority can change as the system goes through. But I have to have a list. I have to have priority two, three, four. And maybe if if things work out, I don't look at those until priority one is marked off. But I tend to need to know the next step before I get to it or I find a dead spot of like, what's the new priority? So the way I'm thinking about it right now is you have a priority and you may or may not have sub-priorities within that priority. So for those of you who may be a little more visual or need something uh, stickier to hold on to think about uh, outlining an essay you know you have that roman numeral Mm -hmm. and you have roman numeral number one number two and do you have things below roman numeral number one like a b c d Uh, because what i would say is there uh, you you do have a lot of things to consider but they all are part of roman numeral number one so how do we look at that in in our daily lives is this and I, i'm i'm curious that just as you're saying it do we outline it like my number one priority is to make money or my number one priority is to be happy so what is what are we asking here how do we make one priority out of life do we make one priority out of seasons that we're in inside of our workspace in our spirituality what are we what are we trying to prioritize here well first i'll say that i don't think it's realistic for every part of our life to have a scrum <laughs> process in place, right? Okay. And so this sense. is really taking um, taking us out of the scrum framework and just really thinking about priorities. And I do think it's, it's important in life to know what your broader vision, what your goal is, what your purpose is. Mm-hmm. And I do think that you could probably boil that down to one thing, even if it's fairly large and broad. And I don't think it's inappropriate to say, is what I'm doing today or the things that I'm doing now, do they actually play to that right. or are they fighting against it? Mm. Because I think we have a lot of things in our lives that if we really think about it logically or rationally, 
then we could realize that they don't actually help us get where we want to go. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's not a good thing. And I think the more we can get that stuff out of the way, the better. At the same time, another thing is thinking about your life in different ways. You know, maybe you could have your family or your your friends, whatever, different types of relationships, your job, maybe some hobbies. And you could say for each one of those things, what is my top priority? And the nice thing about the scrum framework is that you have one priority for a week or two weeks, and then you go to the next priority. That's right. Um, he mentioned that. I, yes. That was pretty neat. Yeah. So I think, I think part of it is also thinking about uh, a priority for what length of time. Mm. He did say they have box, time boxes for each one. Yeah. And, and I think it's important if you're going to have a single priority to make sure that that single priority isn't something that you have for the whole year because you probably won't be super efficient then. So did he did he actually mention that this works on all scales, whether you have a small company or whether you have billions of people working for you? Does it work on all scales? I don't remember if he had mentioned that. That's not something that we address in the interview, but I think that is probably something that works at different levels within an organization. Okay. It might work for a smaller organization, but within the framework of a larger organization, it would be different departments or different levels within an organization that use that for their own teams. When JJ defined agile, he mentioned uh, a group of values. He said interaction and individuals over process. He said having a working product over, over comprehensive documentation uh, customer collaboration over contract negotiation and response to change versus following a plan. And I feel like in every aspect of these, the agile group was leaning more towards cooperation than competition. And growing up in a system where competition was always put forth for me as this is how you figure out what works best and who works best. Hearing the idea that cooperation can feel that as well is intriguing and a little bit foreign. I was wondering if y'all had any experience with cooperation driving people farther. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things that you you have to agree with, right? Like, you have to have a team in an organization. You can't just be cutthroat in your own organization, right? right? Now, we do operate within a capitalistic system that is very much competitive-based. And personally, I think that makes all organizations that are in competition with each other better in a healthy capitalistic society. But I I think that if if you get to a point where everyone within the organization is competing with each other, then you're going to have a really messed up organization. And I think there are places like that. And if you have a team that is encouraged to one-up each other to the detriment of the team, and that's a dangerous thing. I'd do a 180 on that as soon as you can. Right. It seems like I've heard over the years that some organizations really value teamwork, team building, team exercises, growing together as a team in order to accomplish a goal. In other words, cooperating with each other instead of competing with each other, saying, I need you, you need me to accomplish this goal. Um, I thought you were going to break out into Barney for a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know for me, um, I think that that's super beneficial um, to understand that we need each other to to reach a goal. So I would hope that most leaders want to work with in their group of people within their team to accomplish something instead of at the detriment of a team player. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Or is that still kind of a foreign idea to you? 
I don't totally disagree with it. <laughs> I think cooperation is a very good thing. Solid teamwork can, can drive the team forward. But with the team being self-organized and self-managing, it just it seems like the human reaction that will happen there if you don't act against it is people will compete for who is the leader in who's the lead team member. I got you. I understand. I understand what you're saying. It seems unnatural a bit in a way, at least in my experience of human interaction, people want to be recognized as the best and to get people to buy into a team framework like this, I think is a huge, great thing. It's just not something I have a lot of experience with. Yeah. I think when that happens, that's when you have the scrum master come in and like make jokes and then make some balloon animals or something like that. <laughs> yeah, right. And everyone forgets. <laughs> oh my, that's funny. Okay. So let's see if that works. Who is the leader? Are there multiple leaders in the scrum system? Is the scrum master the leader? Is the product manager is the boss? So like it seems like it. Well, the product manager, he doesn't we'd have to see by reading the book, right? Yeah. Guys? Like understand we might like have the to real read the book because <laughs> the team manages itself, which means the leader would come from within the team, I would assume. First of all, <laughs> look, it's after October one. You can buy this book anywhere the books are sold pretty much. Anywhere, and anytime. JJ would love that. But if you if you're not quite sure that you want to spend the money or you still would like to potentially win a free copy <laughs> all you need to do is what maria you go to this website and then you <laughs> you put a review on something for all the leaders out there that don't remember what he said josh is going to help us remember what we need to do thanks for that lead in maria you rewind this podcast to <laughs> all you need to do is email community at life as leadership.com and then what would you put in the subject header maria jj's book please yeah something like that free book giveaway or free something like giveaway. jj's book please jake what would you what would you include in the body of that email two to three sentences about what you really enjoyed about the interview with jj or if you just really like our conversation today you can talk about it which might be surprising right now let's go ahead and turn to our key takeaways for the day before we lose everyone who's been listening to the podcast so far maria what do you have for us <laughs> i think we'll have a hard time losing people this is a pretty entertaining podcast but jj said that we should thrive and welcome constant change and i think it's a great reminder that this is the truth this is the world that we live in it's constantly changing it's constantly growing it's constantly recalibrating and we don't need to harden our hearts and harden our thoughts as as change comes we need to be prepared for it and we need to prepare our team members for change jake have one top priority and make sure that is your top priority. Keep a tight feedback loop. Seek almost constant uh, evaluation of what you're doing to make sure you're doing it well. And email community at lifeasleadership.com. JJ's book, please, in the header. <laughs> and then give a couple sentences of what you enjoyed to get that free book. Hopefully. That is absolutely right. If you want an opportunity to win a copy of the Scrum Field book, that is exactly what you need to do. And here are my three key takeaways for the day. First of all, Jake, like you said, prioritization. And I like how JJ put it, ruthless prioritization. Make sure you know what your main priority is and work toward that end. Second, don't let problems fester. We didn't really get a chance to talk about this, but I thought it was a great point. Don't let problems fester because they're likely only going to get worse. And my third is to know your process and make sure your team is clear on that process as well. Well, Jake, Maria, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. That was fun. You're welcome. Thanks for joining the show this week. I hope you learned something new and feel more prepared to take leadership in your own life to the next level. 
If you found this content valuable and would like to help out the podcast, here are three things you can do. One, subscribe to the podcast so you'll get new episodes each week as they come out. Two, share this episode with someone you think could benefit from it. And three, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever else you listen to podcasts. All three of these actions will help to make it easier for others to find us and join the community. You can never have too many good leaders, right? Until next time, keep living and leading well. Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist... It feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon. And until then, keep living and leading well. <laughs>